Learn the most empowering hiring techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick Gerard. We often hear data on how much a bad hire costs you and your company, about three times the person's annual salary. But how much did the interview process itself cost? Now, for a startup to make a hire, the company spends about 73 total hours interviewing, with the most significant cost being 30 hours of the production team's combined time. And this is assuming that just six people make it through to a full interview to get the hire. We have to ask ourselves, can we really afford to lose almost four days of productive activity to interview? The cost is roughly $9,800 per role, not including candidate marketing or recruiting fees. And as a small business, the answer is simply no. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win-win the strongest hires. We do so by sharing insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders like our guest today, Mr. Rocky Lalvani. Rocky serves as Chief Profitability Advisor for business owners. He teaches them how to ensure they get paid and make profit a priority. As a certified Profit First professional, he implements the Profit First system. Now, Rocky started with nothing when his parents immigrated to the United States when he was just two years old, and his parents were in their 40s. It was his parents' second time starting over in life as they moved to America to experience the America dream. In spite of a lot of struggles and his mom passing away when Rocky was seven, he has been able to achieve financial and life success. Rocky loves to share his journey and inspire others to achieve their dreams even faster, which is what makes Rocky the perfect expert for today's topic. Rocky, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here, Rick. I'm excited to have you too. And I was fortunate enough to be on your great podcast. And so we're doing a podcast share and you've got great content. So thank you again for having me. Most welcome. Today, we're going to discuss a little bit about why it is critical to understand what interviewing costs, and then also how to maximize your team's time with structure that we're going to help you put in place. Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. Let's talk about the problem that we see today, which is everybody's complaining about hiring and people are not sticking around as long as they should when they do take the job. They're bouncing quicker, which are all probably indicative to leadership issues really more so than anything else. But let's just say we got the leadership thing in hand and people are not sticking around. What's going wrong right now? What are you seeing? Well, I think a lot of times we're rushed, right? We have a problem that we need to solve. And so we want to solve it quickly. We see a limited pool of candidates because maybe we haven't built up a good stream of potential candidates. And so then we're picking amongst the pool that we have. And as you mentioned today, that pool is is smaller than ever and it's it's harder to bring them in. And I think if we make the wrong choice, we end up with a major problem. And we don't always measure that cost. And there's not an easy way to determine it. But I think for all small businesses, they're struggling with this. And so having a good process in place and having you know, the right handles in, in the levers to be able to do this well is super important. Let's talk about the financial aspect because this is really important. I always think about it in terms of pain, and, but really you don't have a business unless you are generating revenue and you don't really have a life unless you have profit, right? Well, and that's true. And at the end of the day, employees are an investment. 
But if we're going to invest in an employee, they need to bring a return for the business. And that return needs to be a multiple of what you're spending on them. So it's not just their costs itself, their wages, the taxes you pay them, any benefits. And then if you've got to provide office space, equipment, everything else that goes along with that, most business owners don't always have a good handle on what that total cost is. And then the question is, is how much value is that employee then returning to the business owner? What are you getting in return for your investment? Because that's basically what you're doing. So you shouldn't think of employees as a cost or a negative. They're there to help you grow your business. And you've just got to make sure that they're profitable for your business. How do we identify that in the interview process? I think it comes down to the fact that people just don't take the time to invest into whether or not this person is going to be the right person for my organization. That's correct. I think, you know, the reality is, is when we go through the interview process, we tend to hire who we like. You know, they come in, they like the same sports team you do. Maybe you went to the same college. You've got some background. Oh, they seem like a nice person. But the question is, is can they really do the job? Is it the right job for them or are they showing up to say, hey, I need a paycheck. I need I need to pay my bills. So I'm here because I need to make money. Are they are they really a good fit for you? And I think that's not so easy to tell. You're the expert there. I see it on the other end. I go, you're losing money. What's going on here? But you're seeing it on the front end. You're the expert at how to get the right people into the organization. You're 100% right on that one. Like I see people finding commonality and making decisions based on, hey, this person went to this school. I think they're going to be great. Or this person likes baseball. I like baseball. Ooh, let's be friends and let me hire you. Or I just, again, a lot of it's kind of desperation right now. I think a lot of the bad hiring that's going on right now And it's no fault of anyone other than the fact that we're not taking the time. We're just so desperate to get somebody in the position. Anybody who's even close will give them a shot. That, to me, just has so many more negative aspects if the person doesn't work out than positive if they do. And that's correct. And I think human nature is when we see a problem, we don't always want to confront it. Oh, maybe it'll improve tomorrow. (laughs) Maybe it'll get better. Maybe we need to do some more training or wait a little bit longer. It's really hard for us to just pull the Band-Aid off and deal with the situation. Did you ever see that movie, Grumpy Old Man? I did. Do you remember Burgess Meredith was sitting there drinking a beer and he said, well, son, you can wish in one hand and crap in the other and see which one gets filled up first. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was like the best line ever. I thought that was from Rocky for the longest time. But honestly, we wish for things to get better, but... Why can't we really go into the mindset of we just avoid it in the first place and get the right person in every time? It's totally doable. It is totally doable. And the people who I know who are experts at this are constantly building a pipeline of employees. They're building relationships. They're making friends. They're, they're just keeping in touch with people so that when the opportunities do open up, they've already got that warm prospect going on. And in the meantime, you've been watching these people for a while. So you can kind of get to know, are they a good fit? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Is it really a good fit for what you're looking for? That is so true. I do that. And I maintain an active pipeline of people that I want to keep in contact with so that when opportunities arise, if they're right for it, I can present it to them. Or if they're ready for my organization, same thing. It's all about timing. 
somebody might be happy today, but tomorrow they might be in the worst job ever because things change. Things change. They get a new boss. Like people don't leave a company, they leave the boss. <laughs> so if the boss changes, people might go from a great situation to a not so great situation. And it's just being aware of that and keeping your finger you know, in the situation so you know what's going on. Why is this important to a company? Do they really focus on getting it right the first time? Just from a cost perspective alone, why would this be important? Well, a couple of things. Number one, if if they're client facing or if they're doing something to deliver to a client and you've made a bad fit, you now have an unhappy client. So what is the cost of the client leaving? You know, a lot of times they may not complain. Maybe they will. Maybe, you know, it doesn't get to you that that's the reason that it happens. So if you lose a client, that's big. If you don't gain a client because they have a bad experience through the process of getting to know you, especially in retail, right? People come in, they, they see the person in retail. They don't have a great experience. They just walk out the door. You don't even know that money disappeared because you never saw it. And then what about the rest of your employees? How often have you had that conversation after you let a bad employee go? Everyone else comes to you and goes, thank God you did that. We've been waiting. And it's like, why didn't you all tell me? Why am I the last guy to know? And so a morale, if you have a morale problem. You didn't ask. You didn't ask. If we have a morale problem, you might lose one of your better employees which is now even more expensive to you because now you've got to replace two. And I've seen that happen more often than not. You bring in a bad seed. You have to think about this as an entrepreneur or business leader. You have to think of this in terms of, I need to bring in people that are positioned properly for my organization as to not waste the time of the people who are interviewing. And then also to make sure that I'm not going to drive any of them out. That should be your, like first and foremost the thought on your mind. Is this person going to keep my great people here? Well, and so that's a question is, are your employees that are going to work with this person involved in the interview process? Or are you just going to put somebody in their situation and say, now work with them? And there might be personality conflicts. There might be a variety of other things. But if you don't give them the chance to provide feedback... How do you know? And it's like you said, you didn't ask, right? You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find a link to order your copy of Healing Career Wounds. Let it be your company's guide to success in hiring. Our guest today is Rocky Lalvani. Rocky is um, Profit First Master, and we're actually discussing the actual cost or the hidden cost of the interview and the hiring process. Rocky, let's break into how we can solve this problem. You had some really good um, insight as to, with your experience with some of your client base, on how you can really do a much better job in getting the right people on the bus. So if you want the right people on the bus, right, we have to define the bus. And this is the step most business owners miss, right? What is What are your mission, what are your values, and what are your purpose as a company? And does everybody know that? It, and it's funny because, I, I, and I've heard so many stories that they've got all this stuff up on the wall. <laughs> and you sit there and you ask people and they have no idea what it is. Or they dismiss it. It's, oh, yeah, that's just like, that's marketing. That's marketing. Well, because you, when... So you have to actually live your mission, values, purpose. 
you can't say this is our value and every day you're incongruent to your values because then people aren't going to believe them, are they? It's funny because I've had many CEOs on this show where we talk a little bit about the values. At its minimum, you need to have values. You have values as an individual that are important to you. Those translate into the business. And of course, those values or however you're showing up and living within the organization is going to filter down. And so everybody has to be able to be congruent with that. I look at mission and purpose like those are like the icing on the cake. But most people even look at values and say, well, values, culture, that's all bullshit. And you know what? Then that's their culture, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> Your culture is bullshit. That's that's a very good point. Right? Either you're creating it or someone else is creating it. So that's the question. Who's creating it? This is a step that most business owners and executives skip or they think we'll just do later. But it's so easy to do in the beginning. But we're busy. Right? Why couldn't you take a take a day, go sit on a rock, meditate, smoke weed or whatever it is you do and <laughs> come up with them or write them down? Now, if you're an existing company, I think you need to take your team with you because otherwise you're creating something that may not be in congruence with what they all believe or what they see. So it is a process. Take the time to do it right. But then more importantly, you've got to hire to it. So it's telling potential employees, these are our values. Do you resonate with them? And if they don't, I don't care how good their skill set is, you're going to have a bad hire. Just taking it a step further, do they resonate with you and then why and how? Those are important questions that you have to ask in order to make sure that person really is not just feeding you a line of BS just to get the job. So the other thing is, if you're a company with a good mission, values, and purpose that people want to be part of, you don't have to pay as much because they're coming for more than just the money. I'm so glad you said that because the truth is that we just need to get bodies in the door. And when there's something bigger a value to that individual that aligns with where it's going to get them in their career or gives them the purpose that they're missing in their current role, boom. And not only that, you can attract much higher calibers of talent. People will leave their current jobs and they'll join your company because of the fact that they align with that. Very, very true. And then that also helps to build your pipeline of potential candidates. Well, I've got some clients, I mentioned it on the show quite a bit, but I have customers that I work with that have built such a strong community, knows how well their organizational culture and their values, like how they make decisions. They have no problem people coming to them all the time. They have such a solid pipeline of talent coming to them that are just at the right time. They're the first company they think of. So they reach out to them and they've been able to grow probably in the past five years from, I think there were 53 people when I started with them and now they're over 500. That's huge growth. That is huge growth. There's enough proof right there. Let's talk about cost, understanding the costs. How do we understand the real cost here? I, I think sometimes that's difficult to measure, right? Because there's really, it, it, it's not always easy. Sometimes it is. So I can tell you a story. Somebody is, let's say you're in production or manufacturing and you hire an employee who is not doing their job well. And so they have a lot of scrap. Well, the question is, is do you even measure scrap, right? Do you have a way to say this employee's scrap level was excessive? If you don't, you know, they're pulling stuff out of inventory to work on and all of a sudden, you're like, well, why are our cost of goods going so high? Because you can't pinpoint it. So sometimes they're hidden. Um, what's the morale for everybody else? How do you put a cost on morale? 
How do you put a cost on people showing up with a little bit better attitude? And again, we talked about this earlier, losing clients, not gaining clients. A lot of these things, especially in a small company, we don't have the measurement tools in place to get a good idea of this. And that's the problem. So it creates leaks in the boat. And if you don't know where the leak is, you can't plug it. Well, I think we just don't understand these concepts either. We don't know where to look because we don't know that they're there and we've never experienced it before. This is why this is providing such great awareness to our listeners so that they can understand, hey, look at, these where the leaks might be. So at least you can look under the hood and see where what's happening and be aware of it. Correct. And there's the whole training time. Like somebody doesn't walk in your door and day one, be a perfect employee doing everything that you need them to do. <laughs> but right? that's the so expectation. <laughs> that's the expectation, which means you don't have a good onboarding process. You're not bringing them into your mission values purpose. You're not showing them how to do things. And then, then they can't be efficient. And then you wonder why. And then everyone around them is picking up the slack, which makes them upset. Again, unmeasurable, unless you've got good open communication. And these are the things that are, it's the softer side of the numbers that you don't see so easily and that it's hard to dig into. And it's usually after the person leaves that you'll figure this out. There are so many people who create fires so that they can put them out and say, look how great I was. And it's like, um, had you not created that fire, we wouldn't have had to put it out. <laughs> it's kind of like the arsonist become a firefighter, right? Very much so. So give me an example of losing clients and client trust. Give me an example of something that might resonate with the audience. So yeah. one of my favorite examples is Costco versus Sam's, right? When you look at Costco, from what I understand, they have less overall workers in their stores. They pay their workers a lot more money, but their workers hustle. They get stuff done. Sam might have more workers. They get paid a lot less, but like I don't, I can walk into both stores and just by the attitude of the employees, I can tell where I'm at. I don't need to see the sign. You can feel it in that. You can feel the culture. You can feel what's going on in that particular organization. Southwest as an airline did the same thing, right? Their employees, hey, we got to get this plane out of this gate and moving. That's our job. We all work together to do it. It's their culture. People want to go there. And, and they're the discount. It's funny because they're the discount carrier. And yet the premium carriers don't treat you anywhere near as nicely. It's very true. I was just at Costco yesterday, and it's always like kind of a pleasant experience. Like people are always happy to, to help you. When you check out, you get the little receipt, and they always draw a little smiley face on it, that sort of thing. I think it's great. They're happy to be there. You're happy to be there. And, you know, it's, a, it's an experience, and they've created that. How do we tie profit in this? Well, at the end of the day, the, the question is, is what's the return on your employee? And one of the things that I like to do is I like to take gross profit and divide it by the total cost of your employee. So your employee costs are their actual wages, and then you've got to pay taxes on their behalf, your portion of Social Security and Medicare. You might have unemployment. Um, maybe you have benefits. So if we looked at that in total and we divide it into gross profit, I now have a multiple 
that says for every dollar I spend on employees, I get $3 in gross profit or $5 in gross profit or maybe $10 in gross profit. Knowing that number, measuring it over time and just being aware of it, I think is a, is a big part of it. And then the question is, is, you know, are they providing enough value? Sometimes I'll go in there and I'll look at companies. I'm like, based on what you're spending on employees, there's no way you're ever going to make a dollar. Like you, it's such a high percentage. You've got, I can tell you've got a process problem in your company with your employees. Let's look at it from tying also interviewing into it too, because nobody's really associating those costs into it. We figured out that if you're hiring a $150,000 employee, just the cost alone, and let's say you're doing it through a recruiting firm, you're probably looking at something like 88000 bucks is your total cost of what you're spending to get that person just to join. It's crazy. It, it is. And I, I'll tell you where it's even crazier is for salespeople, especially if they've been there and they've built relationships. The cost of rebuilding that relationship is immense. And I don't, they don't factor that in and they don't realize because that doesn't show up anywhere on a PL. And I think that is one of the biggest things businesses don't understand. Now, there's, there is the both ends of the spectrum. People who've been there a long time might get stale, might get stagnant. So you've got to find that right balance between keeping things moving. I feel that's a leadership issue in keeping those people motivated. Everything is a leadership issue. All of this is, right? Where did we start? <laughs> Mission, values, purpose. It's a leadership. If That's what leadership's all about. Are you leading? Are you doing what it takes? Are you making the right decisions? Do your employees look up to you or do they look down to you? That is so very true. So in the interview process, I just want to add one thing. I think it's super important that we look at it from the perspective of protecting time costs. I don't think we really consider the fact that we're pulling our productive members out of production to go interview somebody. And on average, you're probably looking at four to five team members for each organization. If you're hiring an additional person for an engineering team, four to five people at five hours per pop, that's a lot of time. Make it easy by structuring the interview and putting in succession plan for it, it's essentially each step of the process is a decision. And if somebody doesn't make it past the first person, then boom, move on to the next person. Don't eat up the time of the people that need to be the most productive within your organization because that's just going to delay everything. And then, of course, that's going to build frustration in you because you're going to have late product delivery. But again, that's on you, leader, for not structuring an interview process. <laughs> Well, and along with that, I think, is career progression. If you're not showing people what the career progression looks like, they leave to go to somebody else because they'll get more money and they'll jump faster. And they might get a better environment. And they might, or they might not. Most of the time, it's jumping for more money these days. But at the same time, like I think if people are starting to wise up during this whole great resignation or great reset or whatever you want to call it, where what I'm experiencing is that most people are saying, hey, look, at, I'm looking for something more. And the money doesn't matter as much. That's always been the case. We're getting pretty close on time. Rocky, what would be two or three key takeaways you give the audience that can plug into the business today? Well, I think based on our conversation, it's clear that the business owner is the one responsible. <laughs> they need to set up their mission values and 
purpose. They need to create systems for hiring and systems to make sure that their business is done right. And the big thing is, and, and I know most business owners don't like to do this because they're not accountants, but you do need to understand your profit and loss. You do need to see what the different levers are so that you can figure out where in your company you need to make a change and where your, your bottlenecks are so you can be more profitable. Rocky, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of the audience could find you, find your book, find your podcast? All that good stuff. So the podcast is Profit Answer Man, where we teach everything about the uh, Profit First system. And the website is ProfitComesFirst.com. Excellent. All right. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share after all the shows for you. We want to continue to bring you great content week after week. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com. Or you can drop me an email at rickandstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be David Wald. David is the co-founder and CEO of Acclaimant. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live Show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success, Rick Gerard.